What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to Hulu's Wu-Tang Saga, episode four. All that I got is you. There's so much going on, so much sacrifice, so much parenting and inner city that happens. Oh, my gosh. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. What's going on, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. You might have seen me on The Act. Be shy, an American guy's covering the after show, and now I'm here to talk about the American saga with Wu Tang. I'm here to talk about all things encompassing Wu Tang. I'm your boy Chef Beans coming through with the mental cuisine. And to my left, you might have seen her most recently on Black Lightning, and now she's here to talk about her enthusiasm with Wu Tang. We have. Hi everyone, I'm Zuri. Thank you guys for having me. Of course, she's new. <laughs> yes, yes, here. she's new to the panel. But yes. pop quiz: Who's your favorite Wu Tang member? Go. ODB. He's just so original. How, like, he's consistently him all the time growing up. Baby, you know I want to take care of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right, no. I love, he likes him. Yeah. Right, right. I love ODB. And to her left, yeah. you might have seen her on After Show of Harlots or on The Shy. And even most recently, you might have seen her on. When they see us, mm-hmm. and now she's here to talk about her enthusiasm and passion for Wu Tang. We have Miss Kitty Cook. What's up? That was great. Thank you, Splash. So, yes, on this after show today, we're going to talk about a lot. We're going to talk about sacrifice, intuition, parenting in the inner city. And later on, we have some exciting news and gossip for you. And then we're going to end with our special segment Who is woo <laughs> so let's get right into it episode four all that i got is you zori what are your overall thoughts i really liked this episode we got to see deeper into the life of dennis though we got some glimpse right like i like that his storyline is unfolding though we've got a lot already but i like that we're getting to see where he is and we got to see a look into his and Cherie's relationship and kind of where he thinks it's going because i was wondering where it was going right <laughs> Like, yeah, she's smart, and you don't really care. How's that going to work out? (laughs) Just making sure they're equally yoked. I mean, at that age, it probably doesn't matter nearly as much as when you're an adult. But I'm sorry. Are you asking me what my thoughts are? (laughs) Yes, like, so what do you think, Kitty? Like, what was your thoughts about episode four? Um, First of all, I'm super excited to be doing this. Honestly, I mean it with all sincerity, y'all. Anybody that's tuning in that loves the woo... It's just a, it's a party. It makes you feel good. It makes yeah. you super happy. So I was impressed with the show. I, I, I think that the acting is getting better and better, which says a lot about casting, obviously. But just the fact that they're bringing up the storyline. Like, I like that they're taking their time getting into the music part of it and giving so much background on who these kids really are right. and, like, what got them started. Because they could have started at just when the music thing kicked off. And then we really wouldn't have a deeper understanding of who they are and what led them to these decisions that they made. Or not made because right. they ignore some things too um to their detriment so i'm enjoying it i love this ride yeah i really <laughs> enjoy episode four as well like zuri said we got a little backstory on exactly who dennis is and we saw a lot more vulnerable sides of him mm-hmm. while also seeing the wit and the intellect that bobby d has so i really like the backstory that they're creating and painting the picture in this episode so let's get right into the first topic which is sacrifice and as the episode starts we see as a flashback of sheree and she's in the house you know she's just kind of being this mother figure and we have dennis who's kind of like glancing at her a little bit Mm -hmm. and throughout those flashbacks we kind of see how sheree just 
it's overwhelmed, but eventually that soft spot crack, like, cracks within her. So how do you guys feel about those flashbacks slash what Sheree has to sacrifice as a young girl growing up in the inner city? Starting with you, Kitty. Well, I think it's really, I mean, I was about to say it's sad. But I don't want to make it a sad situation, like heavy sad, but it is kind of sad that we, as I don't know about other, gen- I can only speak for myself, obviously, without, I was a last key kid, don't get it twisted. My mom waited tables until she started working corporate jobs. So I would come home, pull my key out of my shirt and be inviting boys over, just doing mess I ain't had no business doing. So to watch this young lady with all this responsibility, she literally is helping to take care of her, even her older brother. How about he walked in, fixed me a plate? Like, I'm sorry. Hi, how are you? How was your day? Do I have anything to eat? May I offer you a... Like, they just expect that that's the role that she's going to play. Mom, obviously, is working her butt off because she's rarely there. So she becomes the mom of the house and she has to feed. She has to... That's why she begged him, like, seriously, I got seven minutes before anybody else comes in this house and it's nice and quiet. So shut it. Because she don't want to... She has so much on her plate. But she takes it all in stride. I have yet to see her, like, break down and be like, I'm not supposed to be the mommy. Why am I taking care of everything? She walks in and literally, after her little brother drops everything on the floor, picks it up after him. I couldn't help but thinking, why don't she yell at him, pick up your sh... You know what I mean? Because it's just what she's expected to do, and she falls right into place. says a lot about... um, the black community, and I'm not trying to make it all about us. And honestly, I don't mean to like make it race related, but this is heavily on race. This this whole project is showing the disparities between the different races in some respects. And <clears throat> excuse me, that's not to imply that white kids, Asian kids, Latino kids don't have the same kinds of, but it's a different kind of culture. It's a, it's almost like it's understood. And I think that's part of the reason why she's not given a lot of pushback because probably from the age she was like old enough to stay home with her little brothers, it was understood that that's going to be part of your responsibility. Right. Yeah, I think Cherie's role is relatable um, for many young girls who grow up in underprivileged communities having to take the role on being the mother when your mother's not there. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, yeah, I think her role is really relatable. I think she does take it in stride. We haven't seen her complain once. Not well, once. She had a lot of opportunities to complain. <laughs> or and, cry even. I would just be in my room like, this is too much. And then she went to parents' someone else's kids right? so I think that was just like without a complaint and then mm-hmm. to receive the emotions that she got after like sleeping on the couch taking care of two disabled kids and then gets her heart broken and just walks in that's the first time that we saw her when Bobby asked her like Are you all right? yeah and we saw her for the first time kind of like give someone a cold shoulder yeah we seen we seen her crack because when I think about sacrifice when it comes to Cherie kind of like what Kitty was saying a lot of this the same story when you see people growing up in inner city you sacrifice your youth you sacrifice so many different things because she took on the responsibility of a parent and then I know they say you're you're too young to know about love like that said a lot to like teenagers which I understand now but even her aunt who randomly popped up on holiday said yeah go take care of your man it's kind of like she's enabling this kind of like heroic rescue type behavior mm. and you see how that kind of crash and burns once Dennis's unhealed parts of himself lashes out on her right. so she's kind of reminded that like though I know I have strength and I know that I'm powerful this really hurt my feelings especially like I, I stayed out overnight I, I lied to my mom to do all this to all kind of crash and burn into her face so I thought that that was a very potent example of sacrifice but make sure we kind of like get through the topic um also sacrifice let's talk about Dennis like Dennis's role a little bit um 
When it comes to Dennis and sacrifice, what I notice is, though he's this big macho man out in the street, the only times we really see him get vulnerable is when it has to do with like women in some capacity, whether mm-hmm. it's Cherie or with his mother slash family. Like, how do you guys feel about that situation? I'm gonna start with you, Zuri. I think this is another textbook situation that we see in a lot of different households um you can you're strong and tough until you get your heart broken or they say like the people who are closest to you are like the only ones who can really break your heart and we've seen that with dennis and i wonder if when i first saw the interaction with him and his mom i was kind of worried because it seemed like she really wasn't accepting of it or she was kind of confused like why'd you do this how'd you do this what are you trying to achieve and then just for it kind of to like crash and burn for her to go back to her same ways of finding a safe haven in the alcohol when he was trying to create that environment for her. So that moment broke my heart. Right. It made my heart full to have her walk through the door and without any provocation on his part, I mean, on her part, he has decorated the house. Mm-hmm. He bought her some Calgon, which she just was tickle pink about. Right. I was like, oh, that's all it takes. That's dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he clearly knows his mom. She, He knows what she needs. He took the kids to go on a on a trip, like a, um, what are those called? What do you used to take? Like that zoo, day? like to, to yeah, but a field trip. Field trip, thank you. Yeah. I couldn't get the word. Go on a field trip to the zoo. So he's obviously thinking above and beyond for the two women that are important to his life. Remember, he took her to dinner in the earlier episode. He brought her the necklace. I think it's really dope that they highlight this because it gives us a balance as to who he is because he is that guy, too. Like, yeah. he went to the roughest, toughest bad guy in the and flipped the table over in his face. Like, check this out. We will starve before we F with you. Right. So to go from that extreme to laying his head down in her lap when he was feeling vulnerable, make drawing a bath for his mom, it says a lot about his ability to kind of switch roles and, as you said, sacrifice whatever tough guy stuff in order to be there for these people that he says he loves and to sacrifice the vulnerability and get out of there. Nah, I can't rap with y'all today, yo. I got something else to do. Right. You because know what I mean? He also has a lot of responsibility, but when it comes to Dennis, like these other like black men, a lot of it is ego driven. Mm-hmm. And that even transitions to Divine and Jail. Divine, his ego not letting him know. I'll be damned if I act like I'm a crackhead or I act like I'm in drugs. But after a while, his mom had to kind of break him down. Like, look, you're not the only one arrested. Right. Though I'm working 20 hours a day at XYZ, we're all in here with you, so you need to make this sacrifice as well. Put this macho man or ego to the side so that you can basically help our family elevate. So I just feel like I really like how the directors and the writers really showed that throughout this episode. You know what I mean? And speaking about like shows and sacrifice and passion, Kitty, could you do me a favor and let everyone know about our passion for this uh, After Buzz Network? Nice! Like how you did that? Bada boom, bada bing. Okay, I'll see you. What up, people? That was awesome. My name is Kitty Kaboom, as you know, and this is After Buzz TV. We so appreciate you tuning in, being a part of the discussion. You have literally made us the ESPN of TV talk, and we cannot be more grateful for it. The fact that you give us five stars, because you're going to give us five stars, right? Thumbs up, comments, engaging. Like we got King David right here. Salute to the panel. Appreciate you, baby. That's how we doing it. We making sure we shout out everybody that shouts us out. We we really genuinely enjoy the conversation and the camaraderie. So keep it coming. We look forward to it. All right? Thanks again, guys, for keeping us at number one. Keeping us at number one. And speaking about number one, one of the number one traits that I appreciate is intuition. So let's talk about intuition that transpired throughout this whole episode we have bobby d who's kind of like we need to make money 
as soon as possible. We got to figure this out. Right. And he's just chilling in the park. He's seeing, he paying attention to a lot. Got the five percenters out there, chess playing and going on. But he also sees an opportunity for some type of financial slash economic growth. We're going to leave with you, Kitty. What do you think about this intuition? I like Bobby the D? fact that both of them was on it. Like from the moment that they realized they took a huge L, mm-hmm. where are we going to get the coin? Right. Like that is absolutely necessary for survival. And this is what we were doing. We screwed it up, whatever, whatever. But what are we doing now? So this cat then went and put a suit on. He don't even know. He didn't know how to tie it away. He didn't know how to tie it I ain't seen no resumes underneath his arm. I don't know who you going to talk to, bro. You just going to be out in the park like, said, yo, yo, it's Wall Street. Yo. Eventually, I'm going to figure this out. I love his I love his enthusiasm. I don't, I don't know where that would have taken him. But the fact that he got up, got dressed, got clean, got... Like, he made it happen. At least the effort was there. And then, of course, he ran into his own... His good, friend so that was a dope little um segue but yeah my point is stay i'm, I'm, I'm here i promise um <laughs> the fact that both of them realized money was necessary to be made and they came together on the very same day like let's put our heads together and figure this thing out unfortunately the whole take a job and wait for the long money was not really a reasonable ascertain like there's no way that they would have been able to really pull that off and right. get anything done they needed that quick coin but they figured it out i mean obviously i'm not proud of them that they had to I mean, they sold a lot of stuff, filled cars. Right, they had to do what they had to do. I was a little surprised, though, not to digress, but why do you think Homegirl was like, what you say, weed? I know, where'd she get the weed from? Was that weed or was that those those cameras? So, early on, remember ODB kind of, she gave him the film when they Mm -hmm. first met. So, when they got the film from her, this was an opportunity for them to kind of flip it and get money. So, when they were taking it to the different people in the alleyways and stuff, they were selling the film. That's what I thought. I got that part. But then my question became, how come she said, no to some things but not to others when they came oh. in it was like yo give us a couple of I guess it was the statues the- yeah, yeah I guess the weed well I guess when when they heard weed when she heard weed she probably was like as an incentive like oh you said weed like oh cause she wanna smoke yeah oh that's oh. it that's yeah. all it took <laughs> yeah Okay, that's what I'll, sell, I'll lose my job for some smoke, but I'm not losing my job for money. So stolen merchandise. Right. <laughs> Just because. Zuri, what okay. do you think? Like, how do you think intuition played the big part in this episode? I really like how he, like the old man, I like that he doesn't shun him for his actions, but right. he rather steer him in a different direction. Right. And I'm happy that he picks it up and it's not like, you old man talking about nothing. Like, he kind of shunned off the guy with the microphone. Yeah. And I like how when they were watching TV and the, um, the TV show was like, giving them some more truth and he was the one that stood up and was like actually like I'm inspired here's the beat and I feel like that was like one of the few moments that we've seen so far of all of them as a clan get together and make music so I feel like his intuition obviously is going to take them very far (laughs) absolutely (laughs) but I'm glad that he has the intellect to tap into it like I'm enjoying watching him pull pieces from life that are like laying out his paved road Mm -hmm. and I think that goes for anyone chasing a dream right like you can be driving like shoot where should I go for my next gig you can be driving past a Netflix sign go and find a Netflix job like I feel like it's so applicable to just keep your eyes open right life is always giving you things no and I was that's the exact topic that I was going to speak on as well when uh Bobby D was in the basement they're watching a Shaolin movie he's like did you hear what he just said I watched this movie a hundred times but for some reason it was more like it stood out more because you see he's tapping into who he's supposed to be mm-hmm. so I thought that was a prime example of how intuition is very important also when they were at the chess park as far as like Wall Street um, the chess man is letting them know you're only a pawn if you believe it in your mind That's right. and breaking down how the five percenters are instilling that 
black empowerment within the body like you if you listen to what they're saying they're actually saying some dope things so mm-hmm. i feel like that also unlocked different chambers in his head because we can see he's very intuitive like okay that makes sense so that's what i need to lean into more about and what i also noticed is him staying true to exactly who he wants to be because when rock pulled up with the red chain the, the, the beam like, okay. i mean the verse is like look i got this yo let's go take it right he like nah, nah bro. Like, <laughs> you ain't hear this beat like nah this, you don't hear this fire right this here? is it and i think th- this is him really like really locking in into who he's supposed to be mm-hmm. so i was very like impressed by that and his and him standing up because remember grab your balls bobby exactly blah 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 he getting tucked in these different directions but now he's becoming the man who he's supposed like he said at the table like coming into his own right like you heard my brother like you you know what you said when my brother got locked up we in control now Mm -hmm. so we're seeing him becoming who he's supposed to be you know what i mean so do you guys got anything else to say about intuition before we transition i feel like we saw that a bit when his gun was gone because i was um, when he realized when he came back for his gun and his gun was missing, mm-hmm. I was wondering what was he gonna say. I know I thought he was gonna lie to him. I thought he, I I probably would have. <laughs> I would have said I would have made like, this yeah, guy. Like, you know has like you know heavy artillery ready to shoot anyone. Like what do you say? And I think that goes back to like him finding himself and being who he was. He said it's gone. Yeah, exactly. and the person you tried to shoot actually has it. Right, and he's standing firmly in that. And I was like. Wow. So He's I been think, a stand-up guy from, yeah. the, from jump, though, right? <laughs> yeah. And I like the way that he does it unapologetically. Not in your face, not, like, aggressive, arrogant. arrogant exactly. Mm-hmm. More matter-of-fact. More, <laughs> this is what this is, and that's what that is. You chose this, I'm choosing that, and that's just what it is, bro. It doesn't make me love you any less, but I'm not going anywhere. Congratulations. Right. Have fun on your ride. Yeah. Be careful. Really you know what I mean? Like, have a good time. Yeah. But just know this beat is fire. And I worked too hard to get this SP-1200. Right. I had to take it back, rebuy. Are you kidding me? Right. A car? Bruh, have we met? I'm Bruh. good. He's finding the gifts inside of him. So I'm, I'm really happy at the choices that he's making. And speaking about choices, some things that we can't choose are our parents. So let's talk about parenting in the inner city. We have parenting in a lot of different areas if you want to talk like metaphorically. But let's just talk like transparently and start with Bobby D's household. We have... Cherie, who's stepping up as a mother, and now, even though Devon's locked up, he's like the father figure, just with these expectations of Mills to be here. I'm going to just throw my plate in the sink or whatever. Mm -hmm. And now Bobby D is forced to step up financially to make sure the bills are paid. What do you think, Zuri, about parenting when it comes to like this episode slash parenting in the inner city? Parenting in the inner city can be rough. I'm an inner city kid myself, and I feel like a lot of times you have to choose your battles because, mm-hmm. you know, your kids are facing different things than the average kid may face. But I really like how Mama Diggs is taking it. I feel like she doesn't ever shun her kids, though they're obviously dealing drugs to help her pay her bills. They aren't really like, okay, hurry up so you can go to college. They not. She's not trying to push them to be who they don't want to be. Right. Like, she supports them where they are. Even when she said, oh, I'm going to a friend's house, and her the look on her face was kind of like, are you really? But right. she let right. her, like, find her own space, her own place. Um, Bobby obviously plays music too loud, but she, <laughs> I haven't seen her yet. Like, Not even once. When, yeah, she kind of was like, come to the movies with us, I think, in a, yes. a couple episodes back when he said no. She was just like, okay, well, this is what we're doing. So I like her parenting style. I think that it's going to take them far. Right. <laughs> I agree. She doesn't raise her voice unnecessarily. <clears throat> she doesn't threaten them. She doesn't give them ultimatums. I think the only time that she's really kind of put her foot down, so to speak, is when she goes to the jail. And that's more out of a vulnerable 
Um, I'm exhausted. Exactly. That's more like I'm just pleading with you to see the light at this point. This ain't even about like me wagging my finger. What what I'm like? Come on. Clearly, her trying to tell him what to do at this age and stage in his life wouldn't have the same effect. I think that Mm -hmm. she would want from it. So she takes a different approach, and I really respect her for that because she keeps it moving regardless of what goes on around her. Like the train never stops as a result of their choices, but she's always constantly there if they need her and. I mean, they're her kids, so of course they're going to. I just wanted to shout out real quick, because King David is getting it in over here. King David was goody. This is the important thing that he says. That beat is one of Raekwon's actual beats. So I love, love, love when productions make it their business to do the homework and insert factual information in something that is telling the story of someone else. That's the last thing you want. If you was really Raekwon, can you imagine? Like, you remember that moment, and then they play like some random beat. I'm a Barbie girl. (laughs) (laughs) That was the beat that was in Staten Island (laughs) Exactly. So I like that. Thank you for pointing that out, King David. We appreciate that because it is important. Continuity and having the factual when you're doing a story of this caliber is super important. I like her parenting style. I do want to talk about um, how, what do y'all think about Dennis going back into the store after having robbed it? Because, you know, I was clutching my purse. Me too. I was like, why are you Because he had a look in his eye, too. Yeah, because he always looks like that. (laughs) Unless he's with his mom, his brothers, or his girl, he always looked like... So I just knew he was... I'm like, don't you have to go back in there and harass them people again? So, well, with with that... um, I want I want to talk about that right after I finish with Mama D because I Mama Diggs that was like that was next so My just bad. quick with um, Mama Diggs what I just wanted to speak about very quickly I like her parenting style because it reminds me a lot how my mother was like my mother kind of gave us the autonomy to kind of make our own decisions while also still being like look like is this a good decision you know mm-hmm. we all turned out good but. Sometimes in the inner city, the pressure and when the walls cave in, you kind of forced to make certain decisions, especially right. when mom is working all day and you kind of being adults. You know, we grow up fast in the inner city. Mm-hmm. Like it's certain things or like in Ta-Nehisi uh, Coates book, Between the World and Me, how he talked about the certain things that he saw on TV or what Summers was supposed to look like as right. a seven, eight year old kid. That's not what it looks like for us in the inner city because we weren't about protecting our bodies and everything else from a lot of different levels. So like just to get back to mom and d i like how she kind of gave them the autonomy to make their own decisions and as far as dennis and the rage that was in his eyes when he went back into the store you can kind of tell he's at this very like defiant place like he's Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what to do but for some reason he's still caught up in the cycle and i'm sorry so what were you saying about dennis no i agree we were just talking about the parenting and the different styles and what they represented to the different kids and how that impact excuse me how they're all impacted i keep doing that i apologize y'all um, but what kills me is the fact that you're right. He struggles with it, and I thought it was really dope that the con- that the conversation went the way it did. He could, oh, yeah. the father could have been. I mean, they could have painted a picture of him just being very business minded. He couldn't right. be mad at him for that, and just okay, how can I help you? And that'd be the end of the conversation. But instead, he decided to be vulnerable with this young man and letting him into a little pocket of his life. And obviously, he's struggling. You know yeah. what I mean? To go in there and be on some what was that payback? Right. The man don't even know it was you. So who are you hurting? Right. You know what I mean? Well, obviously you are hurting because you took their money. But at the end of the day, like, that's really not... What do you think he went there for? Like, I'm still confused because the first time he went with a mask to rob, right? But the second time, there's no mask. I'm still wondering, like, why I did he I think that go? he needed validation that he... That there's still... That he shouldn't do anything more to this boy. Do you right. know what I mean? It was almost like I need to see something beyond my anger to validate 
that I don't need to go this route because okay. my anger will allow me to go that route. And next thing you know, I'll be right in there with uh, Bobby D's brother. But instead, I want to be okay. I want to be a good kid. I want to walk away from the situation and just let the robbery be a one off. So I need to go in here and like have this man tell me something <laughs> to make me know this ain't what you want to do, bro. You don't want that smoke. Okay, I can right. see. That. Yeah, I and, think. No, and I, I think as well, just to piggyback on that. Pardon me. We see that Dennis still has like a lot of rage in his eyes. So on top of validation, we also see that he's a control freak in mm-hmm. a, in, a, in a sense where he tries to control the situation when his crib got shot up, and that didn't really turn out the way that he wanted it to. He tries to control the happiness of his mother, but we see how that exploded in his face when he found her drunk and passed out in the water. It's like a, a control thing, and now that he's financially getting in a better place, he's still trying to figure out why things aren't working out. You know what I mean? So I feel like what Kitty said, that validation, that like, oh, give me a reason to... Yeah. And it's like, damn, like... When you combat so much hate and rage with love, it's kind of hard to like. Very hard. You know, it's like, dang, like I, I expected you to kind of shut me out or exactly. give me a reason to do some type of mm-hmm. craziness where I can create some calamity in your business. But it's like, nope. And I'm a parent. I, I might not have made all the right decisions. I only parented the way that I thought was right. My son doesn't talk to me. Cool. But also, Dennis comes from a fatherless home. Yeah. And that's another. And he kind of had to step up as the father figure. Everything that's going on outside the crib is kind of like cool. But as you can see, his his brother had muscular dystrophy. He's trying to take care of that and still have a a girl. But also force the reality that he painted in his head on her. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think uh, uh, King David makes a point, too. I think it was the fact that Divine Empowered... I mean, I'm sorry. Here. He said, I think he was feeling guilty about what he did to them. There was a bit of guilt definitely in Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they did not deserve that. He's on some get back. But for real, for real, you don't... I won't say he don't have the balls to do it. I'm not about to put him in that position. But I'm saying something in him does not allow him to go... All the, all the way through with the things that are probably going on in his head. And that speaks volumes to who he is as a human being and whatever influence his parents were able to instill in him. You see evidence of that because at the end of the day, I'm sure he wanted to go in there and just pop them all. Yeah. Oh, you want to hurt me? I'm going to hurt your family. I'm going to be on some get back. But it, it made sense to him to rise above that. So a part of him probably, as he said, just felt guilt and wanted to like substantiate why am I feeling like this? What do I need to do moving forward? Somehow I feel like this man is about to give me some direction. And he did. Yeah. He did. No, no absolutely. I, I feel like parenting is brought up a lot of different times. So we brought up parenting with Bobby D and then with Power's parents as far as parents. Like, look, I tried everything that I had to do. But let's get more into Dennis and his parenting. Coming from a, a single parent household, his mother is clearly dealing with an addiction. And though he tried to create happiness in her life, his intuition is what led him back to the crib. Like there was some feeling saying, like, yes. nah, I can't rap with y'all right now. Like I gotta go. So at the time I was kinda upset, like, damn, like bro, I like, know I wanted they to get it something in. It's a cipher, right bro. <laughs> but something pulled him there, and that same thing that pulled him out is what saved his mother's life. Mm-hmm. So like what kind of things do you think he was feeling in that moment, creating this environment in his household and seeing his mother laying in her own agony in the tub. Like, what do you well, think? We saw it on the mirror, right? He punched mm-hmm. a, he punched the mirror in. He came home, was still in rage. So, but I feel like it was kind of like, 
a buildup. So I feel like yeah. before yes. that, he like exploded. Yeah, we haven't. I mean, we've seen him explode, but not when it comes to the woman in his life. Even when right. the, in the first uh, episode, when they were shooting up his house, and he thought his mom was bleeding with yes. the blood, and she was kind of like, "What?" Like, and it was just wine everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like even then is when we saw like he. He's really good at like reeling it in. Yeah, so, yeah. And he does he, know how to like shut it down when mm-hmm. it's necessary. And we finally saw him explode. <laughs> yeah, he exploded. Yeah, and yeah. I think um, it, it, you said what was going through his mind. I think he was pretty good at articulating. Well, maybe not. He said what he was feeling, but like in bits and pieces. He didn't like get into a full blown paragraph or really break it down for her. But when she came over and was just like, are you going to be okay? How's your mom? And basically trying to console him in this time, he was like, I got shoes, I got clothes, I got this dumbass rug, but like, what do I got? Like, I got right. nothing. Right. You know what I mean? And, it, and it's driving him crazy. He doesn't, so it's not that he doesn't care for her. He didn't mean to hurt her feelings, obviously, to lash out to her in such a mm-hmm. way that he would, you know, that it was impactful in a negative way. But it, he's frustrated, yo. Like, it's not enough that my two brothers, you know, have to have 24-hour care. Ma, you're not even... Whatever you're going through in your own adult life has led you to obviously be dependent on alcohol. And now I got to worry about you not drowning. Like, it's a lot to deal with. And I got this girl that genuinely cares about me. I can't figure it out because she's smart as hell. And I'm over here like, right. so I don't know. Not that he's dumb by any means. I, feel, right. I always feel like I got to backtrack my words. Not That's not what I'm implying. I'm just, as he said, yeah. wouldn't you like a guy that likes more of the kind of right. things that you like? I mean, he so, says he was challenged by Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Right. I, thought, <laughs> I mean, I thought that was a that joke, was, but you never know. You no, never that, know. That was definitely very funny. So I really like how Dennis, we saw like the romantic side of him, the comedic yes. side, but also him kind of like crashing and burning but we're, I'm just curious to see what happens in episode 5 and the rest of the season so yeah this this episode was like very good for me you know what I mean any uh, last statements before we transition to news and gossip um, I look forward to seeing more of the parents influence in all of them like where's ODB's parents you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. happens with that aunt. Ooh, I cannot wait to see what she brings. Because <laughs> you made a very valid point. Let me just say, I'm all looking at the aunt like, ooh, she pretty. She got great energy. She came and did her makeup and this, that, and third. And Zuri's like, mm-hmm. Like that oh, cousin. that's cute, who, but. You know what I mean? Who come around the holidays. It's like. Yeah, because she coming with trouble. I'm staying with some guy. I done been shot, stabbed. I done took my. He like white, you know, the white man. Like, she just had a lot to say. Yeah. She's very animated. And I'm clearly attracted <laughs> to that kind of personality but um yeah it will be interesting to see where she goes with this i want to see yeah. what kind of role she's gonna play in their lives i want to know what happened between sheree and um dennis like because yeah. it didn't end very good but i kind of feel like she's used to compartmentalizing and just keep going so i kind of that's what i foresee like just oh just put it behind us like i kind of see that happening unfortunately no definitely i'm, I'm <laughs> curious to see like when they're really going to get into like the music and how that's elevating everything else but i guess we'll just have to stay tuned but next we have our news and gossip and with yeah, our news and gossip yeah, today, yeah, we have nice. Zuri, who's about to take it <laughs> Love the soundtrack. Away. Shout out to our yeah. producer. That's dope. So RZA had this thing called Woo Wednesday, where okay. he allowed all of the clan members to call in and give their input. So he, when he was producing the show, they can, he can make sure that he included them. Right. And he mentioned that um, one of the producers, or it was a writer, one of the writers asked him, like, how much drugs would you sell in a day? Right. And he was kind of like, mm, this is incriminating. Right, like, 
<laughs> Whoa. Yeah, but he was like, oh, I think that's a good question for Ghostface Killer. So he, the writer calls Ghostface Killer, and the, the interview doesn't say, I mean, the article doesn't say how the interaction went, but he did say Ghostface Killer called him immediately after the phone call was over and was like, was that the cops? Right. Like, he was like, did you just try to set me up? What? Like you said, 30 years later. 30 years later. <laughs> like, like we'll, 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 we'll play them games. Ghostface like, oh. Hold up, time out. That's just really surprising to me. I'm really surprised that he that he um, responded that way. Just because it's so much longer, and this is your man's in him. Why would he do that? <laughs> like, I don't get it. But who knows? What's cold going on is in his cold, head. right? Cold right. is cold. cold. Listen, this is something that you probably as a um, this is good information. Like, do y'all Kappa. think they'll have all nine members play on the storyline? Missing Capadonna, you got an Inspector Deck. I, I believe that. Um, I believe that they're definitely going to bring them up, maybe in some type of capacity. There's no way you can have a Wu Tang yeah. show without bringing up all oh, nine man. of the characters. You know what I mean? But well, in my research, I think Joey Badass is playing Inspector Deck, right? Okay. Nice. So that means that we will see him. And it seems like RZA did this in good faith, so I can't yeah. imagine that he wouldn't at least give them a glimpse. That's def- that's definitely true. And yeah, I mean, and for it to be a thorough storyline, we can't exclude those. So thank you for pointing that out, King David. But I think they're probably coming. Thanks, King David. And now we have our special segment, Who Is Wu? It's time to get pumped up because <laughs> Kitty Kaboom is about to blast off and take it away. Oh, Kitty Lord. Kaboom. The hype, I swear. <laughs> okay, so I saw this really dope interview by Vanity Fair. It was actually an on-screen interview with Inspector Deck. And he basically, the whole premise of the interview was cool kung fu films that were sampled or inspired by Wu-Tang Clan. So I'm not going to go through all ten. It was way too long. But I'll do the first five and try to get through them. So this movie is called Master of the Flying Guillotine. Chops off your effing head, as Riza said, because the guillotine can't beat Wu-Tang. So there's like a whole... You know, they're obviously they're all um, huge followers, fans of the Wu Tang. I mean, of the um, Kung Fu movement right. and all the big players in it. So I love, love, love that he literally said that there was an influence from all the movies he saw in all of the music that he did because it's just so offbeat. That doesn't happen very often. Right. So Wu Tang's tongue is like a sword, and then the guillotine and that whole there was a. He brought it together somehow. He made it make sense and he was talking about it. The Executioners from Shaolin, that's another uh, one of his favorite movies. Um, and you know the in- the intro, Wu-Tang niggas ain't nothing. To- yeah. The beginning of the song says Tiger Style. Tiger Style. There's a white lot- lotus, that's the name of the character, White Lotus, in the movie that says that when he's like putting people to sleep. Basically when he yeah. puts them out. So that was like what he thought would be a nice ramp up for one of the songs. Three is the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. It's his favorite movie of all time. He's seen it over 200 times. That's dope. It was originally released as Master Killer's name. And his, I'm sorry, Master Killer is the name of the character that inspired the, not only the name of the first album, but it also um, was some of the moves that the kids did in there was um, based on the movie. And now Kid and Play, you know that thing where they grab their foot and like jump through it and yeah. stuff? That was in the movie. Oh, that's oh. dope. Right, so there's all kinds of influences that he saw later on in different rap groups as well. Lastly, the mystery of chess, chess boxing. One of the main characters in this movie is Ghostface Killer. His name is Ghostface Killer. And so RZA is a chess fanatic, as you know, and the most menacing and deadly character in their group Without question, hands down, Ghostface Killer. And it kind of makes sense, which we know Dennis is going to transition to Ghostface Killer. He kind of has that same aggression as, like, the villain. And even brought it up mm-hmm. in the documentary Wu-Tang Mikes of Men, where he spoke about why he named Ghostface 
Ghostface with his tenacity and everything else that he has going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Looks like we're out of time, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like, today was a lot of fun. We just no want to say thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. We appreciate you all. I'm your host, Chef Beans, with The Mental Cuisine. You can find me on all social media flat platforms at Chef underscore Beans with a Z. And where can they find you? Hi, everyone. You can find me at Zuri Shalice. That's Z-U-R-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-C-E on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I Ooh. love that name. Zuri's pretty, huh? Thank you. And such a pretty girl. <laughs> Thank you. My name is Kitty Kaboom. K-I-T-T-I-E-K-A-B-O-O-M on IG. Kitty Meow on Twitter and Kitty Kali on Facebook. You'll figure it out. Good to see you guys. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. See you all. <laughs> Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.